From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 479. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Canalea Penco, and hello. My name is Brad Dowdy, and today I am happy to be joined by my companion in fountain pens, Urban Hafner. How are you, Urban? <laughs> Hi, I'm doing good. It's exciting to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here because we have one very specific topic we're going to talk about, which is your involvement and your creation of Fountain Pen Companion and everything that goes into that. Um, So yeah, thanks thanks for joining me. I think this is going to be a fun episode for people that are either one familiar with what you do already, but I think more importantly to people that aren't familiar with Fountain Pen Companion and everything that goes along with that. So to get things kicked off, before we even get into Fountain Pen Companion, I got to figure out how we got to wanting to make something like Fountain Pen Companion, right? So Mm -hmm. um, you're you're joining me live from Germany right now. We're not going to, we won't give away your offset completely, but uh, (laughs) you... You (laughs) You just go to Fountain Pen Companion to find the address. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not not that hard if you want. But um, yeah, um, you're born and raised in Germany, right? Yes, yes, I'm from the south of Germany. Okay. So what I want to know is do Americans, and by Americans I mean me, over-romanticize <laughs> the, the stationary life of young German students? Do, are you walking into, the way I picture is you walk into, uh, walk into school and when you're walking down the hallway, there's like a display of Lamy on the left and then there's a, you know, a big Norris display on the left from, uh, <laughs> from Stadler. <laughs> That's how it is, right? When you're growing up in Germany? Well, not quite, but oh, okay. um, <laughs> what we do, I mean, so I have two kids. Uh, they're currently in, they're currently starting third and sixth grade. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, you do start with pencil, of course. Mm-hmm. I guess like you do in the US, but I would say when when's it third or second grade they start doing something called the uh, uh, fountain pen um, driver's license. Okay. So they have to do some some. So they also learn cursive writing and they have to do some exercises and learn how to write pretty neatly. And mm-hmm. then they're allowed to use a fountain pen. Nice. So that's like a little mini mini test. You have to prove your yeah. worth. Yeah, exactly. You have this. This, this this tiny notebook that you have to fill in all the exercises and once you're done then you can use a fountain pen that's great and will will your kids use a fountain pen through school or will there be at some point where they're just well i dad i want to use whatever i want i want to use these gel pens or whatever yeah basically that's how it is i mean my my sixth grader she has a fountain pen they actually required it still mm-hmm. but eventually it's just some continue using it some stop and I, for example, I at some point uh, switched over to the Uniball I and used that for a long time. Um, yeah. Same basically with cursive writing. That's sort of only in primary school. Yeah. So actually, that's what I, I'm going to go off topic real quick right here now that you brought it up. Do you see a difference in, in handwriting being taught in school from when you were a student in Germany to what your, your children are going through now? Like, do you, is there less of an emphasis I'm not sure if that. Yes, I mean, even be more before my time, there actually it was you actually did get a grade on it. Mm-hmm. Even at my time, I didn't get a grade anymore. Gotcha. Um, so the there's less of an emphasis on it, and and the sort of the fun geeky part is that they are actually teaching something else now. The alphabet they are teaching is slightly different. It's not. 
Um, so I looked it up, and and it's it's they are sort of um, cutting up the words a bit more. It's not like you try to write a, a whole word in one go, but instead you're sort of doing it in smaller parts. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that would. Mm. Yeah, that's probably an entirely different podcast topic right there. Like how, how <laughs> yeah. we teach math in the US, it like it's it's not the same as when I was growing up and it kind of hurts my brain to to think about. So all right, we'll get off this school topic. I wanna how did you get into fountain pens and stationery later in life? Like you were talking about in school, you went from a fountain pen to the Uniball Eye, which is a super popular rollerball pen still to this day from students to professionals, but then how did you get in, how did you start caring more about the things that you wrote with? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm probably like most, most people in this hobby, I always cared about what I wrote with. That's why I didn't use a big stick, but <laughs> you know what I? <laughs> exactly. And I always had my, uh, a fountain pen. I mm. had this, this Parker Frontier uh, that I kept since I was, oof, I guess it was my third fountain pen ever. And uh, every few months, I basically took it out and tried it out and thought, oh, this is nice. And then it went back into the drawer. And then somehow uh, I got into film photography. So uh, taking pictures on film, developing it and all that stuff. So really this analog corner. And then in this community, someone said, hey, uh, I want to write letters to people. And then, of course, I thought, okay, I'm writing letters. I should use my fountain pen. And this is sort of where it started. And then someone showed me pictures of the two speaker. And it went downhill from there. So this was, I looked it up. It was in November 2016. And when I looked it up on, so I bought it from Amazon. And when I looked it up, it actually came from Stilo Stile in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> so even back then, yeah. unbeknownst to me, I bought from a nice shop. Yeah, exactly. Like I have done business with Stila and Stila. I very much enjoy them. But that's in, that's interesting. Just thinking about this out loud, this is a reasonably new thing for you, right? Just the the fountain pen from a community, a bigger picture perspective than just say, hey, I'm going to write a letter to I've discovered yeah. now this Twisby Eco. What did you what did you find with say that eco or just with the idea that there are these other things out there that made you want to go even further into it? Well, uh, I just liked the design and it was cool. And I have this habit of of getting into new hobbies and sort of diving deep basically. And this is sort of where it started. And then you watch all the reviews and then you, you sort of go out. And I've been I've always been basically listening to podcasts. And I thought, surely there must be many podcasts on that topic. Mm. There was exactly one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then all that together basically uh, led to my collection of a few more fountain pens, I guess. Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of overlap in just someone who is interested in various hobbies and then knowing you like I do interested in figuring out how things work and oddly enough stationary right there's something about someone who like yourself like you said you're into hobbies you're also very technical like I came from a technical background there's so many people yeah. in the analog world that come from a technical background why do you think that is what is that is it the obvious, like, hey, we need a break from the digital to have this tactile analog feel, or is it something more than that? 
Yeah, I mean, this is sort of the the standard answer that I always give. But on the other hand, half the time is spent online watching videos and chatting with people. So it's not really true <laughs> after all. So, but it, it is like that. Yeah, I'm not com into computer games. I'm for my hobbies. Well, not entirely true, but I also don't do that much uh, on the computer. It's basically things like that or cameras, mm. also not digital uh, plants, animals and all that stuff. Anything yep. away from the computer, basically. Yep. So what what uh, what are some of your favorite stationary items items now? Like, what did you escalate from the Twisby Eco, you know, five years ago into what are you what are you very much uh, into now? So I had a long phase of buying and trying out all the Chinese pens. I'm blaming Jacob from <laughs> <laughs> from Tokyo Inklings for it because he 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 showed one an early Moonman pen, which one of their original designs actually. Uh, not a copy. And then it was sort of the, they were interesting and I, I they were fairly cheap and they sort of basically went under the customs limit you have in Germany, right? So anything <laughs> above 20 euros, including shipping, you go through customs and then it gets expensive and it's a hassle. And so I tried all, all kinds of filling system, all kinds of sizes, basically with Chinese pens and tried to fix the nibs because sometimes they were, of course, pretty messed up and didn't work and stuff like that. So that was a long lot. Um, and yeah, I think right now I'm, I'm trying to, to not buy that much anymore. And I try <laughs> to look for the, for the better things. So I have a few sailors and uh, platinums and stuff like that. So I try to, I mean, they are great, the Chinese pens basically for what they are, but if they're cheap, then eventually they're, most of them are going to break anyway. And you have to decide what you want to do. You do want to tinker with the stuff and fix it or throw it away and buy something new? Or do you want something that sort of lasts a bit longer? Yep, yep. So what's your writing style like now with the Platinums and Sailors and any other pens you use? Do you lean towards the like the extra fine type of writing? Do you like the the broader type of nibs or maybe what you're saying do you kind of like to just manipulate what you get <laughs> no matter what you're going to manipulate it somehow it always goes in phases so i have a few mm. really fine pens so i have for example this platinum ultra extra fine yes and i can if i want to write in this hobonichi four millimeter <laughs> grid without a problem but then i also have a sailor sailor music nib and i sometimes use um notebooks without a grid or anything on it and then mm -hmm. i just write really huge yep. so that basically works <laughs> all right so i want to get i i needed to get some of this background to figure out how we got into wanting to create the fountain pen companion before that i want to see if i can get you in trouble with with the one <laughs> unfair question that i'm going to make you answer and I, I let you think on this by sending you the the question in the show notes beforehand. So I need you to pick one country you can get stationary from, from the rest of mm -hmm. your life. And is that country going to be Germany or is it going to be Japan? 
Yeah, that's easy. That's Japan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I kind of figured the only reason why I asked you this is, well, obviously you've you've lived your entire life in Germany, but then I go over to your Instagram and it's just like littered with, you know, platinum and sailor and, and all this stuff. And I was like curious, like as someone who kind of came came up through through Germany, do you feel like like I feel like German fountain pens are a very distinct style and a very distinct nib performance. And then Japan has a completely separate idea of what that style and nib performance should be could be. And yeah. I find it, it it shouldn't be interesting that like you choose one over the other. But I guess let me ask this. Do you see a lot of other Japanese products? like sailor in japan in the fountain pen community in germany or is it really more european based in germany like you know with the german brands italian brands and, and through the line yeah i must admit i'm not really much into the german community mm -hmm. of actually mm -hmm. fountain pen users and collectors so i don't really know mm -hmm. but for kids here it's basically uh, lamy and pelican yeah basically yeah. that's what you get in your your CVS equivalent, basically. Yeah, yeah. So until you decide later in life that you're in this hobbyist phase, do you go out and start researching, hey, I'm into fountain pens. I know what I grew up with. Is there other things out there? That's when you're being, you know, you maybe looking into, you know, what other countries yeah. have to offer. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, good. So uh, you are on record, uh, <laughs> as am I. Jap Japan yeah. makes the best stationery. I don't. I don't that think it's a true, big. Yeah. I don't think we're. Uh, I don't think we're breaking any news here no. <laughs> with that. <laughs> I do want to break some news to a lot of our listeners who have never heard of Fountain Pen Companions. So we're gonna um, we're gonna get into this kind of from the origination to where we are today. I actually have a lot to talk about on that. Before we do that, I want to talk about our first sponsor today, someone I'm very thankful for, and that's the Canalea Penco. This episode of The Pen Attic is brought to you by Canalea Penco. Canalea Penco makes stunningly beautiful pens inspired by images of Hawaii. Canalea's founders, Hugh and Carol, believe that these locations can help recharge our spirit and help us connect with nature. And while the story behind these pens is wonderful, the execution is what sets them apart. Every single Canalea pen is handmade in a process that means no two pens will ever look alike, and every nib is tuned before it ships to a customer. What you get is something truly unique for you. Today, we're really excited to share some new details on Canalea's newest launch, the Manta Collection. This includes the Manta Miley Lay fountain pen in the classic profile, the Manta fountain pen in five design profiles, and the Manta ballpoint pen. All of these pens feature a charcoal black and luminous green swirling acrylic featuring, featuring Canalea's trademark depth and complexity of acrylic design. The chatoyant charcoal black represents the manta ray's textured outer skin, and the luminous green captures the lights at Manta Point filtering down through the ocean at night. The Manta Mylele model also sees the return of Canalea's Mylele band made of argentium silver adding something extra to this beautiful pen. All of the pens in the Manta collection are available now, and if you order by October 1st, they ship in about six weeks. And Canalea is giving back to the Big Island and Koala Coast community with the sale of these pens. Both of those areas have inspired the creation of Manta, so they will be donating a portion of the launch proceeds to the Hawaiian Ocean Watch and Koala Center. 
Canalea pens feature Yovo number six nibs, and you can buy steel or 18 karat gold nibs directly from Canalea. They offer sizes from extra fine to 1.1 millimeter stub. Hue smooths and tunes each nib before it leaves their shop so that your Canalea pen will write beautifully straight out of the lovely black walnut keepsake box. Go and see these wonderful pens for yourself at CanaleaPenCo.com. That's CanaleaPenCo to choose your Aloha today. Our thanks to Canalea Pen for their support of this show. All right, Urban, I actually have this pen in hand, mm-hmm. and I like to always talk about this separately from the ad and kind of give my feelings on um, what this pen is and what the design is like and, and how it feels and and everything. And the best thing I can say, I mean, I always like rave about every pen, and this is no different that Canalea does, is this pen is a mood. And what I mean by that <laughs> is that's like what I love about the Canalea pens. You can find a color, a style, a material that matches your mood. And when you find a product like that, that really fits you, your style, your mood, you never want to put it down. Like, that's what makes me want to use pens like these. Like, for for example, like, I'm an orange pen fan. I, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think anyone is surprised <laughs> by that. No. And like, my orange pens, you know, that's a vibe. Like, that's a feel that I have about, you know, the products. But I'm not sure that my orange pens are necessarily a mood. A mood is different. It like it gets under the surface a little bit. It makes me think that yeah, like this pen is about me, right? Like it's there's something extra about it, and that's where the mantle falls. I I appreciate the fact that Hugh and Carol on this day where Mike didn't have to read the Canalea ad. They gave me a word I can pronounce very easily, like Manta, as opposed to <laughs> Hanokalani or Aolani. I got the Manta this week. And the funny thing about it, any of these Canalea pens is I like looking at them as much as I enjoy using them. And I, I don't want our listeners to misconstrue that. I don't own a museum of pens, right? Where I've my pens are on display from Tuesday through Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and like never go about using them. I'm talking about like looking at them while I use them, right? These pens make me stop in the middle of writing. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I experience it a lot on like the pens I enjoy the most. I'll be writing with it. I'll pick it up and ink it up because I enjoy it. I'll ink it up because I'm writing with it. And as I'm writing, I like stop and go, huh? Yeah. Like this pen is, is pretty cool and it makes me smile. So that's what I think about Canalea pens. The the Manta is this great dark green and gray swirls. It looks really, really cool. And uh, I, I just love uh, what they continue to put out there and the stories they continue to tell. So thank you, Canalea pen, for sending this over for me to take a look at. And uh, I'm sure Mike, when he gets back, or not back, when he actually stops working on his digital products mm-hmm. and he gets back into this analog stuff, he'll have some words to say about it as well. So... There you go. All right. What I'm trying to figure out with Fountain Pen Companion and with your background in fountain pens is, to me, this is an escalation of when you say, hey, the Twisby Eco, I enjoy this fountain pen. Let's write a database <laughs> where I can track everything. And oh, by the way, share it with the world. Like, how did we get from from zero to 100 <laughs> in your <Yeah>. words? <laughs> so... I mean, it's the sort of big missing bit here is, of course, that uh, I'm a software developer. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I write 
uh, web applications like that as my day job. Um, so it's maybe not as far-fetched <laughs> for me as it is for others. <laughs> and there's this, uh, I don't know if you want to call it saying in, in the startup world that um, if someone is using an Excel sheet uh, to do something, you can write a web app that does the job better, basically. So you mm -hmm. have your product. And yeah, at the time, I guess you could call it an escalation. I was trading uh, ink samples with a lot of people. And I had this small group in, in Germany where we had this shared Google Sheet. And everyone, we had all the uh, inks in there and everyone added their name to the row of the inks that they had. And it was super confusing to figure out, I want to trade with this person. What inks does that person even own? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, hey, this I'm sure someone else has, has uh, solved this problem already, but turns out they hadn't. <laughs> so I just went for it. I, I tried to build the simplest thing I could. Um, at the time I was, uh, was some years ago, there was no pandemic. I was commuting to the office uh, by train. So I had like half an hour one way, half an hour the other way. And it was basically a bit of dead time. Basically, mm -hmm. you could listen to podcasts, maybe read a book, or you could start programming something like this. And I basically, you could have a list of inks and you could decide which of those inks do you want to make public. And you had a public profile. And that was basically it. And then, then I shared it with the Panadict Slack and they were all amazed. And I was a bit surprised actually, because <laughs> there was there wasn't much there, right? It, mm -hmm. it didn't help that much in sharing samples, but it took off basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of the the original idea. Was it necessarily to track what you had? That was kind of like the byproduct of, hey, I want to yeah. share my inks. And in return, I would like to try other inks from other people. And then by default, I have to put in like all my stuff in there too. Yeah. So is um, the sharing aspect of Fountain Pen Companion like, hey, Urban, I see you have ink X, Y, and Z, and I would like to try these samples. Is there anything that I have that you would like to try? Is that still like a primary focus? Or do you think it's morphed more into just like the pure tracking that a, a lot of us have always been looking for in uh, like our with our fountain pens, inks, and stationery? Yeah, that's not so much the, the, the focus anymore. I mean, mm -hmm. it all comes down to what I... <laughs> I want to do and I have now I don't know 150 ink samples here that I still have to use so I'm I'm good I guess so mm -hmm. and then I basically moved to hey what what else can you do you can basically track currently inked what what pens do you have in use right now and to do that you need to track your pens basically and this is sort of where those features came from um so that was basically the next step and as there are now a lot of inks in the system. I'm currently moving away from that a bit as well. And I'm, I'm thinking about with all this data, what can I do, right? So there's mm. like, uh, looking at the stats, it's like people have entered 160,000 inks. You can wow. sort of, after you've condensed it down to actual inks that are different <laughs> and unique <laughs> on the market, um, I think there's a lot you can do with this. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure yet what, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like the way I, I've been thinking about it when getting ready to talk to you is, okay, we see, like from my perspective as as a user of FPC Inc., um, the users can say, okay, I'm, I'm going to track what I have. Okay, you know, I've got my pens and inks and I'm going to put them in here. And one of the cool features you know, that you've set up and we'll, we'll talk about some more like detailed features here in a minute, but like I can take my pen and I can describe like what nib I have in it because, you know, for the more hardcore user, like say myself or or yourself, you've maybe had a nib that's modified. So I've yeah. ordered a pen that came with a stock nib. I've moved this other nib into this pen to use and you can track all that stuff in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you take that and you say, okay, here's my catalog of inks that I have sitting on my shelf. And, okay, I have all of these inks. And I'm. it's time for me to take this new pen that I have and choose an ink for it. Normally, before fpc.ink, that's my favorite URL, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> or you can go to fountainpencompanion.com um, yeah that's a bit long that's fine <laughs> had to find something shorter <laughs> I can go and say what ink haven't I used in a while because actually I think about that a lot right because I am very prone to being stuck in my habits I like blue black inks yeah. and I like orange inks well I have 200 inks and I don't have 200 blue blacks even, even if I did I would still only use like this one group of 20 inks I can go say what ink either I haven't used, period, or I haven't tracked that I've logged in, or say I have 20 inks, what's been the the furthest, you know, the one I haven't used uh, most recent, you know, the the furthest away ink, right? You can track all of this stuff, right? Yes, I'm not sure if you can sort of of sort your list of inks by everything, but Mm -hmm. that is sort of... It's on the on the to-do <laughs> list somewhere to make this all easier. And maybe even, I don't know, come up with fun ways of giving you combinations of pens and inks. If you want to say, give me something I want to ink up. Here's <laughs> Take, a new pen. A pen you haven't used in a long time and maybe mm-hmm. an ink you haven't used or something. That would be fantastic. Go to your go to your profile page and hit randomize. <laughs> yeah, something, something like, like that. That. <laughs> that would be cool. So... So after those launch features, right, you did the let's let's facilitate kind of the this ink sampling and you started getting feedback from people. What were the what was the main feedback you recall getting and what kind of made it into like the next step of of adding features into Fountain Pen Companion? I'm not sure I ever really of course, I, I'm happy for any feedback people give me. But in the end, this is sort of a side project for me. Yes, so let's I, be very clear. <laughs> this is not your I, job. <laughs> <laughs> I, I basically do what what's fun for me. Yes. Or what I would want. So um, in general, the p- feedback was positive. Um, I'm not sure I really... I mean, I basically uh, looked at the stuff and thought, hey, what's, what's, what, what is the things that I don't like? What, what doesn't mm-hmm, fully work? Mm-hmm. What do yeah. I need to work on and what is fun? Yeah. And sort of the big feature is when you say, I have a list of inks, you have a list of inks. Um, and then you want to sort of compare them and say, hey, show me only the inks that the other person owns that I don't own. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is actually, <laughs> I spent months basically <laughs> getting that right because 
I don't know, you enter this ink as Ackerman number 28 and I give it the full Dutch name, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah, somehow yeah. the system needs to know that this is basically the same ink. It doesn't yes. need to show it. And that in itself is actually a pretty hard problem. Mm. Especially when you start uh, with uh, Japanese inks, which then <laughs> either have a Japanese name and then they get translated in different ways. But you still need to figure out that it's in the end the same toner and limbs ink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very manual problem. There's not a lot of automation in that. Well, luckily, um, there is some automation in it in the sense of uh, if you sort of, sort of, I can, could, I was able to half automate this process to say, um, I, if you have an ink name and you put something in brackets, I remove that. I turn everything into lowercase. And if it's mm. then sort of ex the exact same name, then it's the same ink. Gotcha. And gotcha, with gotcha. the feature that I give you sort of autocomplete when you enter the inks, then sort of there's enough uh, overlap, then I don't have to sort of assign each each of the 160,000 inks manually. <laughs> but in the end, it was still about 27,000 decisions to make. Wow. And I sort of, I, and I built that system twice because in the, fir the first one was bad. <laughs> and I had to do it all over again. And I did spend some, I don't know, weeks uh, in the evening sort of going through that list. Yep. Not too yep. much at all. What's your favorite feature on Fountain Pen Companion right now? I have one, but I want you to go first. So what I find pretty cool, uh, what I, because of course I built it, is uh, the currently inked uh, list is when, when you're in the browser. It's sort of a, a normal table. But then if you make the browser window really, really... Um, uh, narrow and it turns into a list of ink swatches basically so that actually kind of relates to my favorite my favorite feature is when you click on a color say i'm looking at the leaderboard we're going to talk about leaderboard in just a second <laughs> and popular inks number one most popular jay herbal 1670 emerald of chivore 672 yep. entries but you click on that and it gives you an approximation a digital approximation of the color. Now we know like we can't get super accurate, but what was, what's the idea behind this? Because I loved when I was putting in my inks, it, it would pull these, these ink colors out and like, I'd have a whole list of inks and I could see like generally like, Oh, look at all these oranges and purples and things. And I thought, I don't know why that just really, really caught my eyes as a really cool feature. Yeah. I mean, this was basically the, the one feature where basically the idea first was that, I now have all this data. Mm -hmm. I have to have, uh, there, there needs to be something to do uh, to sort of, um, to get out of this, right? And mm -hmm. when and I thought, okay, when I match this all, um, then when one person enters the color name, then basically everyone else doesn't have to. This was sort of the first uh, feature I built, basically. So one thing, I haven't been on here in a while, admittedly. And when I click through, Again, staying on the, the Emerald of Shavor sample. I'll put a link directly to Emerald of Shavor since I have a lot to say about the, what, um, what you see. You actually, you get an average color, right? Which seems yeah. like, be like the decent representation of the color. But with Emerald of Shavor, there's a section called Colors for this ink. And there's, I don't know, hundreds of little um, squares of color representation. And anyone who knows about Shavor and probably why it's number one on this list, it is a complex color, right? <laughs> yeah. So you see 
like all the teals that teals and greens and blues that you expect and there's like hits of red in there it's like yeah that's that's there too what does this represent this colors for this ink section yeah it's basically all the different colors that people have entered right okay whenever you add your ink you can sort of add a color if you want to if you don't then you get sort of this average color gotcha so like when i'm seeing these reds like that's accurate like someone's seeing like that is part of this ink right it's not just everyone's just not seeing like lamy blue over and over and over and over again you know shavor like has strong hits of red and gold and people like mark this down in this representation and what i think is funny or interesting or maybe this is the way it's supposed to work is between all of the color choices in this section it ends up being like the right almost percentage of representation of that color <laughs> in what you see on the page right it's, yeah, it's that's weird true. there's a lot of a lot of teal <laughs> and then maybe sometimes the sheen in red yeah 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 it's it's very very odd i i found that to be very cool all right one of uh okay you said your your favorite favorite things is it fair to say that the users of Fountain Pen Companion, their favorite page might be like uh, the leaderboards page? <laughs> uh, no, actually not. I think I think the favorite actually is the the inks page. The inks page, can, just all the inks. Could look it up, of course. I have the stats. <laughs> I don't know, but I think yeah, it's basically the inks mm-hmm. and the currently inked part. They're about. About the same, basically. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, on the leaderboards, it takes what people have entered um, and have allowed, and just, just to be clear, they have allowed their information to be shared publicly, tied to their username, right? There's a toggle yep. for, do you want your do you want your information shared in the leaderboard data, right? Exactly. With the, with the notable exceptions that you can't make your in, uh, pens public because... I'm not sure yes. I want to be, I don't know, Right. <laughs> give a list out of $1,000 worth <laughs> yes. of collection that someone can go and steal. <laughs> yes, same concept, but it stops at a certain point of sharing <laughs> yeah. the pens. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you you know, people have opted into having their inks on, on these leaderboards. And, you know, you look at um, users have entered in on most of these cases, like the top 10 of the leaderboard, like number one is over 2,500 inks and number 10 is over a thousand inks. Did you have any idea that there were people out there like this? (laughs) I mean, after a while I did. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, I mean, the the most, so uh, there is a feature for some of the people I actually uh, supported them. They gave me an Excel spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and I imported them, imported that for them. But for others, like like number one in bottles, like Jägen, mm-hmm. he basically entered them all himself on the site. Wow, which is, which, that is the impressive part. <laughs> yeah, and I want to I want to talk about you know not Jägen specifically, but like I know Jägen is a prolific bottle purchaser, mm-hmm. where some people are prolific sample purchasers. And uh, I'm going to talk about more of what you can glean from the leaderboards and the data. But first, let me uh, let me talk about our second sponsor of this episode, because I think with all the work that you put into this, Urban, you might need a hollow pillow. 
So this episode <laughs> of The Pen Addict is brought to you by Hello. Hello make incredibly comfortable buckwheat pillows. I don't know if you've ever tried a buckwheat pillow, but it's pretty different to your regular fluffy pillows. It supports your head and neck and doesn't collapse under the weight of your head like traditional pillows. Hello stays cool and dry compared to feather or foam pillows. Plus, buckwheat tends to breathe better, meaning it doesn't get all warm and humid. So no more flipping to the cool side of the pillow. It's always cool. And you can add or remove filling to suit your needs so your pillow can be just the way you like it. Turns out people have actually been sleeping on buckwheat pillows for years. They're popular in Japan, and apparently they also appear on pillow menus at fancy hotels. I don't know about the fancy hotel part. I don't. I haven't stayed at a fancy hotel in a while, but uh, I am a big fan of the Hello Pillow. I use the Hello Pillow. I use it regularly and religiously. It's the only pillow I use. Um, when you when you purchase a Hello Pillow, it takes and they they built in a a sixty night guarantee where you can sleep on it for sixty days. And because it's different than sleeping on a standard pillow, and I know the exact amount of time it took me to go from, hey, this is different in you know, in the bed and the way my head rests on it till to I am completely comfortable and I can't go back. It took me three days, three nights. You know, the first night I was like, oh man, this is very stiff and firm. The second night I was like, oh, it shifts around like this. I get it in the third night. Third night I slept like a rock. That was it. It was all bets off for me with Hello Pillow after then. So that's why I am stuck on the Hello Pillow. Hello is made in the USA with quality construction and materials. Certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability, and the buckwheat is grown and milled in the United States. So here's the deal. You're probably curious to try one of these things by now, and you can. So sleep on it for 60 nights, and if Hollow isn't for you, you just send it back for a refund. Head to hollowpillow.com slash penaddict right now to get your own buckwheat pillow. That's hollowpillow.com slash penaddict. And if you buy more than one, they have a special discount for up to $20 off depending on which size you opt for. They have fast, free shipping with every order, and 1% of all profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. Give it a try. If you love it, you keep it. If you don't, just send it back. Head over to hollowpillow.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to Hollow for their support of this show and Relay FM. So yeah, um, I know you put a lot of work into this, and we're going to talk about that more, and we're going to talk about how people people can support this work but i still have i have questions still about this because you can even if you are not a user if you don't have an account on fountain pen companion but if you're just a stationary fan you can click over here and actually discover interesting things what inks am i missing what inks are popular what do you feel about like just having this data that shows like the popularity of certain items like ink, like uh, Jay Herbon, the Emerald of Shavor being at, at the top of the list. You know, what what do you see necessarily, not necessarily on the front end, but like behind the scenes, you were talking about what can I do with this data? What do you think you can do with the data outside of, say, leaderboards? Yeah. I mean, the uh, what what's going to be the focus for me is actually this uh, brand section. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, this is where basically all the data is be- being collected and you can sort of search for inks and you can uh, look at all the details. And this is that's where I want to work on more. I mean, one of the ideas could be that you, maybe I can link to all the reviewers out there, right? I now mm-hmm. have this ink data and for example, linking to Kelly 
a mountain of ink with her over a thousand reviews of all the inks. Right. That would be interesting. Maybe you can even, I don't know, let people write reviews or, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it seems like a better idea to, to sort of link to other content. But mm -hmm. this is sort of the focus right now to make this sort of the hub, I would say. Here, this is where you go. Basically, in the search bar, you can type in any name of the ink, even if it's not one that's being displayed. If if, that's, if it has been used there anywhere, you will find the ink uh, that the system thinks it is. And then you can go from there, I would say. Yeah, to give to give a good example to listeners, um, I just found um, there was an ink review on Fountain Pen Pharmacist recently from a brand called Color Traveler, and I'd never heard of Color Traveler before. Like the the ink market right now has it's, we've gone through ebbs and flows over the past decade, and we're back on this real big upswing in, in my opinion right now of just like creation of inks and brands coming out. And Color Traveler, I had not heard of it also. I went and, and kind of, you know, tried to figure out what they are. And then what you can actually do is you go to the brands page at Fountain Pen Companion. You look down. Oh, there's Color Traveler right there in the 447 brands currently listed. Yeah. And I but what I what I can do from there is click on that Color Traveler link and say, hey, look, here's the 22 inks that are out there from Color Traveler. And, you know, I was only looking at uh, like one of the CPA inks. And I was like, oh, okay, like this is a brand with, you know, 20 plus inks out there. I should maybe look in that more if I'm interested from like my perspective is like discovery and sharing and information, right, to provide to readers and things like that. You know, that's usually number one. Then second tier is kind of like personal use. So I was like, oh, I need to learn about this brand and this is a good place to go do that. So, yeah, that that's a cool page. Yeah, and if you sort of look at, for example, at the first ink there, and if you click on the details, you can see sometimes people enter Color Traveler as the brand name, and sometimes they use the Japanese, the Tayama Bungu, which is yes. basically the same. <laughs> and that took me probably a while to figure out that both are the same. <laughs> but Yeah, so what you'll do from my perspective, I'll go in and put Color Traveler, but on the FPC backend, it'll say it'll kind of link that information. It'll tie those and tie that bit of information together uh, automatically. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I have a list of synonyms of basically these are is exactly the same brand. One of the worst offenders is actually Califolio, <laughs> <laughs> because the brand is actually this uh, French company L'Artisan Pastelier, right? And then sometimes it's California, sometimes it's that, and California is just a line, and it's <laughs> very confusing sometimes. <laughs> a random question I just thought. While you're working on this and you're seeing all this, do you ever go, I just need to ink up a black ink? <laughs> I need to strip it down to the basics. <laughs> you know, I see these rainbow, this rainbow of colors and like, man, I'm tired of looking at this database and look at all these colors. I'm putting, I'm putting the most basic black ink in my pen and going to town. <laughs> no, I mean, of course I have uh, times where I don't want to work on the site. Uh -huh. Um, sort of developing new features that sort of goes in spurts. And then sometimes I have months where I don't do mm -hmm. anything, but apart from, from the daily maintenance that I need to do, um, but inking up, yeah, I'm, I'm generally ink up all the colors, basically. Yeah, so what's your, what, what's your favorite? What's your favorite colors here? I don't see you on the leaderboard. No, I only have, I don't know, 250 <laughs> color sets. Not enough. Only. only. Yeah. yeah, only two drawers full of inks. <laughs> 
So my favorite color is actually green. Um, basically anything that's not Mont Blanc Irish green, because that's too middle of the road grass mm -hmm. green for me, I think. Something like Ackermann number 28 is nice. Yes. Or something olive green, uh, like, like the various olivines that various brands have. Um, or something really dark, for example, diamond green black is really nice. I think. Yeah, I've learned to love green over the years. Once I got out the middle, like you're talking about, yeah. like Irish green. Once I went into like the yellow greens or into like something with like brown black gray ish inks uh, in greens, that type of combination, I definitely learned to love greens. All right, um, ink samples or bottles? What's the correct answer? That's a good question. I mean, it depends on the use case. If you're just yeah. going to <laughs> buy your one bottle and use it up, then probably a bottle. Otherwise, <laughs> I mean, I I found this nice that you could just, I don't know, you buy a few bottles and then you find people to trade with. And that's yes. also a way to empty a bottle, right? I have a few bottles that True. I maybe finished halfway and the other half was giving out samples. All right, so you made me not feel so bad there because I, I, I've gone the sample route and I have always had the management problem that FPC Inc. solves is like tracking, figuring out what's going, going on. And I stopped buying samples because it just seemed to escalate so quickly, right? Like I would <laughs> never just pick up like yeah. one sample. Like you don't, like I would buy one bottle of ink or 10 samples. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. what did I just do? Because now I have to try these 10 different inks and probably 10 different pens, unless I want to clean out the same pen over and over again. So I went to the bottle route. So I, I'm glad um, to see like the, I like, I think it's cool to have the samples. And I actually think that's the smart way to do it until you kind of get a baseline or, you're like some of your users here who really want to try everything, right? Like that's yeah. the goal, right? Then samples are the right move. But if you're a user, I tend to, I don't know, I tend to lean towards bottles, even though that's not most the most efficient way. But like you're saying, if you can get into, hey, use, <laughs> use fpc.inc and share some of that level around, you don't feel so bad about, you know, spending, spending the big money on the bottles. Yeah, I mean, I mainly did it with the pens where I bought many cheap ones. And this is basically the same issue. Then you have to ink them all up and then you have 20 pens inked and you basically use one or two and they, the others lie around for months unused <laughs> and you feel bad. So yep, it's sort of the same thing, I would say. Yeah. Yep. So you sent me uh, a link when we were talking. Like I hadn't really followed the blog that you put up for mm -hmm. um, Fountain Pen Companion. Number one, when you go to the blog, you see the awesome new uh, Capybara logo that uh, <laughs> a friend of the show, Angela, has done really awesome work. How did, how did that come to be and why is it a Capybara? Uh, so the idea of the Capybara, that was actually Angela's idea <laughs> also with the, with the pun that it is FPC, the Fountain Pen Capybara. Mm, that was also nice. her idea, which was great. And yeah, I mean, I saw her... Uh, drawings, her stickers and washi tape and everything on Instagram. And then after a while, basically, I mean, the site is supported via Patreon and I had saved enough money that I could actually 
uh, pay her the normal rate <laughs> she got to use it for because I didn't want to go to her and say hey I have the site maybe you've heard of it can you yes I'm close enough to that world that I didn't want to pay uh, someone like that less money than they would actually get so the, you are preaching to the choir here I, I love hearing that so also on also on this blog you share some of the the features the updates the things you're working on and you sent me a link to one post, which I found very interesting. Can you just give me the, the quick overhead of a post called Behind the Scenes at FPC Headquarters? Yes. So this is what I uh, mentioned currently uh, uh, just before. By uh, I called it maintenance. This is basically when people enter uh, new inks into the system. And then if, if someone else had entered that ink before, basically with the same name, um, then it's all fine. Uh, the system knows what it is, uh, but otherwise it goes to in, into a queue for me. Um, and I have to decide, is this actually a new ink? I don't know. So then Limbs comes, with, comes out with a new ink basically every day. <laughs> um, or is this something that we already know? It's just written a bit differently or it's a different translation. Or maybe it's just someone had mixes their own inks and it's not something I want to even have on the site. Um, and this is basically what I do. I built a whole backend for this uh, where I can quickly go through that list uh, of a sort of a queue of things that are uh, basically unassigned. And I can say, yeah, this is new. This belongs to that ink and stuff like that. And that is basically, I basically do that every day uh, for, I don't know, depending on how, how busy the day is, maybe five minutes, 15 minutes, something like that. Nice, nice. So... Is Fountain Pen Companion, is that your hobby and escape from the day job? Is there overlap with the day job? I'm not asking you to give up your information on what you do from the day job, but is this a way to sharpen your skills for what you do for your day job? Is it just like a completely side hobby that's almost completely separate? Or how does that fit into... Yeah like what your your normal day-to-day -day would be like. Yeah, so this started out as just a something on the side, just a hobby. Um, but of course, you're right, as a software developer, I use this sort of as a playground as well to try out stuff. And inter interestingly, at my current company, I uh, get every second Friday to do what I want, basically, to mm -hmm. learn new things, things and to work on stuff. And... Yeah, so I've started to work on FPC basically every second Friday, which is quite quite the opportunity and pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that is very cool. That's cool. I was wondering about that. So yeah, that's perfect. So you mentioned a second ago, um, Patreon. And what was your idea from uh, going over to Patreon, which in this particular case, I think is ideal because there is a lot of work that goes into this. And I love supporting people who who make cool things. And this just seems like a really unique opportunity to help support a, an, a, a site in our community that is really, really vital, like I think for a lot of people. So tell me about your decision to, uh, to go to Patreon. Yeah, I mean, uh, running such a site, of course, has its costs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and when we are sort of the only one doing it and only, I don't know, maybe half an hour here, half an hour there, and you don't have that much time to keep, I don't know, to build your own server and keep it all running. Um, so that's why I'm currently paying about $85 a month mm -hmm. to keep this 
post it and basically do not have to worry about it. And I don't know, you don't want to have anyone, any security exploits and stuff like right. that. And so I didn't start out with uh, paying that much. I basically, on that hosting company, I used the, the cheapest I could find. And then I thought, okay, this is, it is okay, but it's a bit slow. Let's see how we can how we can do that. Maybe some, maybe I can find a few people to sort of support me. And yeah, so with, with all the money that came in or comes in every month through Patreon, I can basically run this at a decent level, I would say, which is pretty cool. Plus I can pay Angela for her awesome <laughs> Exactly right. So y'all, y'all are paying for uh, uh, the site to stay up and cool uh, Capybara um, <laughs> logos. I mean, because... the, the alternative would have been to sort of, I don't know, charge for it, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is a free site. That's exactly what I was about that's, to say. That's the thing I didn't want to do because exactly. I, this is my hobby. I don't want to turn it into a sidekick, right? Yes. Because then I, I don't know, you would probably not pay a lot, but still it would sort of, I would have the responsibility to continue to work on it. Maybe to give yeah. support and do stuff. And yeah, yeah, I didn't want to do that. It, yeah, it changes things. Uh, for sure. So this is, I just want to be clear for those who aren't familiar with Fountain Pen Companion, it, this is a free site, free for you to use everything. There's, yeah. you know, all the features are open. You just have to go to fountainpencompanion.com and, and you know, hit sign up and, and start entering your inks. And then you start, you know, entering your pens and you start putting those together and then you start tracking things. It's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that it's not for free and is if you sort of have a list, uh, a spreadsheet of inks and pens and stuff you want to enter, there you have to be a patron. But that's not because I want to make money, but because it's a pain in the ass and I don't want to <laughs> do it too often. <laughs> yeah, so that's I'm limiting you... it that way. <laughs> that's exactly the thing you should charge for, the extra extra work <laughs> to get to get all your stuff in there. Yeah. Before we wrap up today, I, I could probably just keep rambling on about fountain pen <laughs> companion um i i just think it's so interesting and so neat what you've done and what you're you're doing for this community this i i can't thank you enough and i know a lot of people feel the same and i it's been fun watching you become a, like a, a bigger part of the community via fountain pen companion but via some podcasts as well and you've like you've really like spread your wings in uh in this podcast realm you've started <laughs> you've started a new non-stationary podcast, right? Like you're, you're all about the podcast now too, right? Yes. So there's also a podcast called Fountain Band Companion uh, that's currently mm -hmm. on hiatus uh, because of the pandemic, basically, and everyone having to work so much. This is um, basically a few people from Europe trying to uh, podcast about pens. Um, so it's Annabelle, uh, who's the NIP technician at Applebaum currently. Mm -hmm. Um, Anna, so Incantadora on on Instagram, and uh, Daniel from Hungary. Um, my second fun pen related <laughs> uh, podcast is called Two Guys Zero Planners. This is with Yevgeny from uh, BYOB Pen Club in the past, and he's also doing a, a YouTube uh, channel about about that stuff. And then currently, uh, I'm on episode 31 of my tech podcast that's called expanding beyond i'm doing this with a uh, manager here locally uh, in the munich area and that's also also a lot of fun to do because i mean if you're sitting at home 
you're not going to the office, you uh, it's hard to discuss that stuff otherwise. And if you're already talking, why not make a product podcast out of it? <laughs> That's exactly right. Like I'm grinning from ear to ear. It's like I love people who will just take, hey, let's uh, let's talk about this and we should probably record it and then we'll just put it out there in the world. And yeah. it's I think it's really fun. Um, it's great, especially you know, during the, these pandemic times, we're not getting out as much. Uh, at least I'm not. And, I, you know, a lot of people aren't. And to have these conversations, you can jump on with folks. And I just think it's cool to see, like, as I've gotten to know you just a little bit over the years, just online. And I was like, oh, you know, Urban keeps putting new things out. And, like, I think it's cool to to track that and follow that and support that. So I just wanted to say congratulations for all the all the things you're putting out there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at, at how how <laughs> FPC has taken off. Basically, yeah. Well, because... that's that's how I kind of wanted to end this. What's what's next? What's what's what does FPC look like to you down the line? Like, what do you what do you want to see from it? Um, you know what uh, what do you what do you think the future holds for FPC Inc. Yeah, like I said, the big feature I think that I want to focus on right now is. This, this this wisdom of the crowd, let's call it like that, mm-hmm. uh, type of thing where you say, I have all this data already. What can I do with it? Can I uh, sort of include everyone a bit more so that they can annotate inks and say, hey, this ink is dry. This is a mm. nice shader. This has shimmer. It doesn't and stuff like that. And maybe sort of allow people to share that data and and maybe sort of have have FPC be, be sort of the the hub where where you can sort of then find an ink and then you go out and it already lists I don't know five six reviews of people uh, on various blogs and you can then go out and read about the ink and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I I really like that wisdom of the crowds aspect of it, and I really think that's what this brings to the table. And we're all better off for it in the stationary community. So. Y'all go to fountainpencompanion.com, fpc.inc. Urban, where else can people find you online? Yeah, for the stationary uh, content, uh, Instagram is probably best, so at Urban Hafner. And you can also find me on Twitter as at UJH, but that's mostly the tech content, if you're into that or not. And that's basically it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... One last question, and I was going to bring this up offline, but now that we've we've mentioned the Twitter handle, how often does your three-letter Twitter handle attempt to get hacked? Um, <laughs> not so often, but um, the the thing is that it's sort of the prefix of uh, quite a few other Twitter accounts. So when people I mention other people, and then sometimes it gets cut off at three letters, and then I get these random replies. Yes. Those three letters. Probably in languages that I don't even understand. <laughs> Those three letters are prime real estate. So good job. Yeah. Good job on that. <laughs> All right, Urban. Um, thanks for hanging out. Uh, I'm your host, Brad. Mike will be back next week. Um, although I could just start, talk to Urban again about Fountain Pen Companion. We'll go through and <laughs> an update my links, which I said I, I, I would do. And I've been totally slack on. So you can find me at penaddict.com. Uh, Instagram at Penaddict, twitch.tv at Penaddict. And uh, until then, we will see you back next week for more Pen Addict goodness. That's it from us. Can you say goodbye, Urban? Yeah, goodbye, Urban. <laughs> <laughs>